episode 17. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Hey, what's up, Men of Abundance? Today we have a very interesting conversation with Jeff. You are not going to believe why and how Jeff walked away from a six-figure income job, basically a job that was very easy, and that's part of the reason why he walked away, and you'll find out about that as we get into the conversation. But first, I want to make sure that you all know that you can get involved in the conversation by going to the show notes of this show at menofabundance.com forward slash 017 and click on the link to get in, and click on the link to get involved in this conversation. Or you can simply go to Facebook and type in Men of Abundance Community and look for the free group. Click on the green join button and I'll give you access so that you can get involved in the conversation. And I truly appreciate you sharing this Men of Abundance podcast with everybody else. All right, so Jeff Smith is one interesting character, to say the least. As you'll find out, he was in the Air Force for 20 years. He's lived all over the world. We talk a little bit about that. And when Jeff took off his uniform, he worked two high-salary jobs as a DOD contractor for three years. Then we're going to get into why he walked away from that high-paying job to finish his bachelor's degree in psychology, what he did after that, is kind of funny actually and then he went into massage school and learned about trigger point therapy he talks a little bit about why he walked away from that job as well and then Jeff and I kind of go off on all kinds of interesting conversations and I think you're gonna enjoy this episode so let's get right into it Jeff welcome to the show thanks Wally I appreciate you having me oh man this definitely my pleasure when I was looking around and uh, I was looking around your site and I saw the name of your site. I was like, what on earth is this about? What is this podcast? And the name of thank it. Thank you, Branding Guys. What's that? I said, thank you, Branding yeah, Guys. Yeah, it is, it is intriguing. Right? And I'm like, vroom, vroom, veer. What right. is this? So it, it pulled me in. What it just pulled the hell me is in. that? Yeah. And then I take a look at it and I'm like, about Jeff. Oh, this guy's one of, he's one, he's one of me. He's, he's one of me. He's a he's veteran. One of me. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you've been to Japan, Hawaii, Florida, back to Japan, England, and Los Angeles. And the only place I haven't been out of that lineup is England. And England, uh, it's definitely right. on my, on my uh, bucket list. You liked it there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's not perfect but it's still a fun place to be yeah and you have access to europe real cheap so yeah yeah you know i had a guest on my show who's um in the uk and he gets in around london and you know and around england and all that stuff and he was talking about how now that things have changed a little bit travel out that way is not as easy as it was in the past or it's not going to be anyway Right, right. Yeah, everybody's freaking out about the Brexit stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and he gave his, his point of view as well. But, but right. yeah, I'm definitely wanting to get down around those parts. I've been all over Europe as well. So, so you're in Los Angeles now. I am. How's that working out? I am ready to get out of L.A., tell you the truth. <laughs> um, and that, that's going to be part of my kick in the gut story slash enough is enough moment <laughs> perfect we'll get into that i have been yeah, to la right. i've been around all yeah. around california la is not my favorite place to be here's, uh, well, you know, here's the thing is people you know i don't want to crap on la because mm-hmm. it is great 
yeah. right? It's just, you know, you, you being military, you'd understand what I'm talking about. Um, it's my wife and I really got um, hooked on moving, you know, mm-hmm. and we've been here since 2003. Yes. And we were ready to move three years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, my wife and I are the because, same exact way, yeah, man. Exact, you know, I don't, you know, so it's uh, it's just ba- basically been a, a, a Hotel California situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't gotcha. figure out how to leave. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm working on it. We are so much more alike than you think because my wife and I, we're used to moving every three to four years for the last 24, 25 years. And exactly. about five years in... Four, about four years in, and after I retired, I've been retired uh, from active duty a little over a year, and oh, we got the bug to move again. Thank you, and and we've been <laughs> and we've been trying to. <laughs> it's, it's just terrible to say we've been trying to get out of here, and then something will happen that'll like no, let's just stick it out. Let's stay a little bit longer, you know, because it's this hard great to thing move happened, when you're you know? when you're uh, when you're now not, you know, you don't have orders flowing down right. telling you where to go and to yeah. salute smartly and comply. It's difficult. It's a completely different mindset. It really yeah. is. It really is. It but is. there's so many places that we want to go and we can right. go. Right. It's just something will happen. I'll get a promotion or something great will happen. Or we'll like, you know, well, let's wait till the till our oldest gets done with high school. You know, there's and, always a reason yeah, to stay. And here we are stuck in paradise. And nobody wants to hear my sob story. <laughs> yeah, you're in Hawaii. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and people say the same thing to me. Oh, wow. You're in L.A. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So before we got uh, before we got started, I I gave a little bit about you. I talked a little bit about you and uh, your background. But I want to hear from you. Let's get a little bit personal. Let's hear about um, you know where you've come from. What's kind of briefly what's gotten you to where you're at today, and then we'll get into the show. All right. So, um, geez, how how much how much brevity are we looking for here? Do we want broad strokes? Yeah, just broad strokes. We don't want to get di- directly into your. Uh, you know all your all your good stuff. So, like you said, I was in the Air Force for twenty years, and uh, and uh, you know you know what that's like. You were in the military, you were in the Army twenty five years, so mm-hmm. you know similar experiences, lots of travel and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I retired in two thousand eight. Okay, um, and I immediately, while I was still on terminal leave started my first defense contractor job, right? Just because you could. You know, somebody came up to me, was a buddy, you know, another former retired master sergeant, and said, would you like to do this job for this much money? And I went, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And that's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that sounds like so easy, right? So I spent about a year and a half in that job, basically, and it was like impossible to get the smile off my face, right? Because I was not in the military anymore. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I love the military. I was just ready to be done at that point. So uh, after that year and a half, uh, that same buddy came and said to me, you know, uh, I think it's time to make another move. And I'm like, I'm listening. And he's like, you could get another job for doing less work, doing less work for this much more money a year. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I took that job, and that job lasted probably about almost two years, just about two years. Uh, and it was fun, but then towards the end, it was like mind-numbingly dull. And that's when I kind of had this moment where I was like, you know, I could do this. I could, I could really keep this ball rolling until I was like, you know, 70 if I wanted to, you know, but I needed 
to make some sort of change because it just felt like I was kind of sleepwalking through life. That was like the experience that I was going through. Um, so after much debate and uh, deliberation and negotiation with my spouse, I quit that job, just walked away from a big healthy paycheck and decided to go back to school and use my post 9-11 GI Bill money and finish my bachelor's degree and then also screw around and go to massage school for about three years. So, And then after that, um, I started, I joined Podcasters Paradise in 2014. And uh, and that's kind of like where the kick in the gut story starts, because <laughs> that's where I did two podcasts. So this is my third overall podcast, but the first one I started had an all screwed up brand, uh, brand. So I had to. That was kind of like the you know kick in the gut number one was build this show, spend all this time, do about a year's worth of shows, and go. Yeah, I didn't get the brand right. You know, mm. so that was kind of a kick in the gut. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into that yeah. first kick in the gut where you felt that, uh, you know, you you wanted to get into podcasting. So you, you got your education. Were you done at that point with your education? And then what got right. you into yes. Podcasters Paradise? What sucked you into all that? Well, uh, I had, like I said, I finished a bachelor's degree um, in psychology. But what I really learned was I didn't want a job in psychology. That's what I got out of getting a bachelor's degree in psychology. And then, like I said, I did try and I worked in uh, a spa for a while as a massage therapist. It was a fun enough job, but just overall not a great work experience. You know, the doing of the massage, that's awesome. I mean, it's really cool to get paid to do something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it just doesn't pay right and they don't treat you well. But anyway... Um, so I decided that I would get back into IT, right? So about that same time, I was doing a, a temp job. I did. I worked the temp job at LAX doing a, a, a PC migration where they're moving from XP to Windows. And so at, while I was doing that job, I was also listening to Pat Flynn and Entrepreneur on Fire and thinking, thinking ah, people are making money at podcasts. I can do this. I want to do this. So that's when I, I started doing that. I quit that job and started driving for Lyft, which is kind of like Uber, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just to keep mama happy. <laughs> that's always <laughs> to important. Say I was, that's right. That's right. So I could uh, you know, pay, you know, make a little bit of money and work on the podcast. So that first podcast, I did that for about a year, okay? And then I think probably around... December 14, I do you know Michael O'Neill of the Solopreneur Hour? Yes, I do. Okay. So he did um, a beta class, okay? And in that class with him, I had one of those aha moments, which was the kick in the gut moment, where I realized that that first podcast just wasn't going to work brand-wise. What was the name of the brand of that first podcast? That was called uh, Dink Lifestyle Business. Hmm. Yeah, let yeah. that sit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, let me wrap my head around that one. But okay, we'll, we'll move think, on from there. Dink stands for dual income, no kids. Okay. And then lifestyle business is just kind of like trying to work from home. All right. Oh. 
so yeah, I like but, that. That makes sense. But then it's right. like John Lee Dumas always says, when you're thinking of a name, um, be clever or be clear. Right. And if and you got to pick one either. of the two, be clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's well, very clever, but it wasn't very clear. It wasn't very, very clear. Right. Yeah. And and the thing is, is dink it was a term. It's more like was a term. Yes. Right. And now nobody knows what the hell you're talking about. Uh, when yeah, you and I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But as the thing is, is it, we didn't really talk about being a dink. We were, I was basically mm-hmm. recording shows that were under the brand of Vroom Vroom Veer. Mm-hmm. We just called it Dink Lifestyle Business. We didn't talk, you know, nobody wanted to t- say anything about being a dink. So it wasn't, it had nothing to do, the show had nothing to do with the title of the show. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right? So that's a bad idea. Maybe it would be a good idea for somebody that wants to, you know, talk to people that are dual income, no kids. But I wasn't really interested in that. So mm-hmm. that was, it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just bad for me. So thanks to podcasts like Michael O'Neill. And was Michael O'Neill doing the um, Solopreneur? Is that where you got the yes. idea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he did a class, and I, I took his, one of his classes in beta. So it wasn't available to the public. He was just sending it out to his list mm-hmm. at that point. So, um, yeah. So then I shut down that podcast, and then. Again, through Michael, I hired some branding folks and did like about a like an eight week branding engagement, and that's where Vroom Vroom Veer came from, right? I would have never came up with Vroom Vroom Veer by myself, right? It's it's perfect, you know. I love it, um, but I would have never come up with it myself. So now I've built that out, and I've been it's little over a year. So I started Vroom Vroom Veer in May of fifteen, and I've been doing that. And slowly getting better. And uh, it's picking up a little bit of steam. But that really kind of brings me to uh, kick in the gut number two, really. And that moment was... Ha, do you ever listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I really dig listening to Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is great. Yes, he's but, got some long shows, though. But uh, yeah, dude, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. great oh. content, great information. He, You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a real-life version of uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Well, he's done so much, and he's mastered right. so many skills. It's right. just boggle, it just and blows he, my mind. You know, he's a nerd, too. He is totally a nerd. And that's, that's you know, I, I, I was a nerd, too. You know, I played D&D, so, you yeah, know. Yeah, nerds rule the world, man. I know. Yeah, it's cool to be a nerd now, which is it weird. Is, right? <laughs> what a paradigm shift. Right. So anyway, um, Tim Ferriss, so here I am. Uh, the moment was, and I don't know when this happened, but I remember the moment because I was listening to uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast and he did this thing about you know, how to build an audience for a podcast. These are the steps you need to take, right? But he caveated it. He said, first off, why do you want to? Because it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you want to make money. Now, if you just want to do it as a hobby because you think it might be fun and you'll meet interesting people, then fine, go ahead and do it. But if you want to make money doing it, then you're going to need to have an audience and you're probably going to need that audience to come quick so then you can have ad revenue. So you're going to need to do these things, right? And the kick in the gut was really that I, I, I decided at that moment that I didn't want to do those things. And if I had to do those things, I think I'd rather just get a job, right? 
Um, so that was kind of a big deal. So at that moment, I denied it for months. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, we most do. Most of us do. Uh, I was in denial of that fact that, you know, I really didn't want to do those things that would, you know, it would take to do to become a paying, uh, you know, a for money, for profit sort of podcast business. Right. I didn't want to do that, but I did want to have a podcast. So it was sort of like a mind shift. It was like, okay, I need to put this in the hobby over here box in my brain and then really dedicate myself to finding a job that will make me happy for the next 20 years or so, right? Mm -hmm. So that's about where I'm at right now. Okay, and yeah, and that might, that makes a lot of sense too because I'm, I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to my podcast because I did, you know, when I first heard about the concept and I started my podcast for a different reason, Really, I kind of started my podcast for a different reason, and that was because of the book that I wanted to write. And I kind of had imposter syndrome. And another podcaster I was listening to said that he started a conference because he wanted to get an association with all of these people that were doing what he wanted to do. Oh, so, right. Yeah, so he started the Freedom Fastlane conference, and it was in Austin, Texas. And I thought, what a great idea to be able to pull people together. And then I ran into John Lee which, right. you know, was doing the podcasting and he had the free podcast course. And I started listening to that and I was like, well, I will do that. That's how I will get people to talk to me because I'll okay. have an audience. And since then, I've had people, I've talked to people on the show that otherwise probably wouldn't have given me that much one-on-one -on -one time and, and talk about this type of stuff, right? So, yeah. but here's the thing for me is... When I, I did not realize how much work it took to get it to, to do the podcast. I love <laughs> no the interview part. Yeah. Right, right. The interview part's great, but the editing and the marketing and Amen. everything yeah, else behind it that nobody else sees in, you know, a 30 to 40 minute show is hours for one show. It's hours. Yeah. Especially well, that, when you're just think, learning. Yes, it gets better. You know, once you get it down, and you uh, you get your competency competency up, mm -hmm. then it goes a lot quicker. But it's still work. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say it's not work. It just goes it goes faster. When, you know, once you get better at it. Yeah, and it is already getting better. I've already learned some shortcuts. I finally you know learned a lot of different yeah. shortcuts. So so anyway. Yeah. So I guess that would probably my your enough moment enough is enough pivot mm -hmm. moment would be that decision right to go ahead and dedicate myself really to getting a job, right? So again, I struggled with that quite a bit, like kind of half-assing the whole job search thing. Here's the thing. You know what this is like. I don't know what you're like in retirement, but like right now, um, I've almost taken my wife's role, which is, you know, a little emasculating to say, but like my job is more like optional because we've got my retirement pay and she's got a job. Right. So I'm in that sort of like spouse kind of role that my wife was in for the 20 years that we're in the military together. Well, almost 20 um, for her anyway, where it's not my job isn't absolutely necessary. You know, it's almost like a nice to have thing. It, the thing is, though, it's not, you know, what I've one of the lessons that I've learned in this whole journey, you know, since retirement is, um, you know, I've got lots of gas left in the tank. I got, you know, and I can't just sit around and do nothing. You know, it's, it's boring. <laughs> you know, that the whole illusion of wouldn't it be cool if you could just not go to work? It's not, it's, it's, you know, we're, 
I learned one of the uh, my other guests on my show. Her name was uh, Loretta Bruning, and she talks about how we're very much similar in our brain chemistry, our neuro, like a uh, neuro transmitters are very similar to other mammals and other mammals um are herd animals and so are we right we've mm-hmm. we've we've uh, taken on those brains right we have this new human brain which is amazing right it makes us it lets us do amazing crap that they can't do but we still have those herd like brains so one of the big things was was when we're not around other people we start feeling like i gotta get out of the house you know this this low level i don't know why but i'm just feeling uh bothered by being in this house alone that is a big deal and it just comes from that that you know it's the same idea that uh, a gazelle doesn't want to get too far away from his herd because if he does he might get eaten by a lion you know it, it's almost the same sort of feeling so anyway, there's that. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of research behind that that proves all of that as well. And I am in the same right. situation as you are in in my post military and being retired. And you know, uh, the only reason why I st- still work is because the job is op- optional, but not here in Hawaii. Uh, right. And yeah. and you know, and that's the I other know. thing. But regardless, I've always, I, I, I just have to stay busy. I have to be doing something. And I did yeah. take, you know, even when I retired, I took four months off and did absolutely nothing other than take my kid to school, come home, work out, take Tracy to a movie or we'd go eat lunch or something like that. But I'm always engaged in some sort of extra activity. Yeah. Uh, you know, like rather, a podcast. Yeah, like something. a podcast. And I wished I was doing the podcast. I wish I knew about it back then because mm. I could have certainly had the time to do it then. Uh, but, you know. That everything works out for a reason, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, um, we're actually getting excited because my wife was like, you know, I'm kind of with you. This was probably like right before the 4th of July. So real recent. Like she's like, I'm with you. You know, I kind of want to get out of L.A. So what do we got to do? What's the next step? Where should we go? You know, and so. She was talking about, well, we have friends in Phoenix, we have friends in Vegas, we have friends in Tucson. So that's kind of like where the conversation started, right? So we both got excited and we're like, yay, we're moving. And, and then I started looking for jobs. And uh, so, but now I've kind of landed on the, if I'm going to get a job, it would be really cool if I could get like a, a GS job with the federal government again, mm-hmm. because then you can travel. We could go back to Japan on orders. We could go back to Germany or England or somewhere cool overseas and kind of start the adventure that we had together in the military and just do that again until, you know, I'm too old (laughs) for real to keep doing it. Yeah. So then the other thing that I'm looking at is I don't know where you're at on this, but uh, I've been doing like uh, Motley Fool style investing for forever, you know, since like. Uh, yeah, uh, I have. To, I'd have to think about it. Since like ninety, I think I got into it really hard and heavy, like ninety eight, ninety nine time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since then, I, it was always just like following their rules, or you know, getting into their their what started out as being their newsletter services, mm-hmm. where they would give you stock picks and strategies, and and it was always like 
long term, right? But you're investing to make money for retirement, essentially, right? So all of your bets are buy and hold, and none of the money that you're making is intended to be spent today. It's not you're not making money to buy gas or groceries. You're making money to just leave alone, right? Yeah. So that has been my strategy since, like I said, it's like '98 or something. So just recently. Um, I got a, another email from the Motley Fool guys, and they're like, oh, by the way, there's this thing called options, right? And I'd always like, ugh, that's too much work, right? You have to spend a lot more time actually looking at your investments mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just sort of like fire and forget, like buy and hold. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. But then they, they were like, if you can use these strategies to make money now, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, for bread and groceries and gas. And I'm like, Huh. So anyway, that's another thing that I'm looking at now. So I just uh, I signed up for their uh, the, the Motley Fool's option service, and just to see if it's something that I want to do to to make that shoe money. You know, that, that's what I call it. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> it's something I can do from home, you know, or anywhere Agreed. in a truck by the beach. Yeah, which is my type of uh, income. I I was on their list many years ago, many years ago, uh, and I was introduced to them somehow through one of the books I was reading or something like that. And yeah, and then I just kind of jumped off their list, but I still see them around once in a while. And I'm like, man, those guys are still around, and they always gave good information. I just never really acted on any of it. So we'll certainly talk more about that, either on a personal level or have you back on the show. And I have a community associated with Men of Abundance that I would love to introduce some of that stuff to as well you know i can talk about it um from the perspective of the the lazy master sergeant because that was yeah 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 right it's (laughs) like the 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 minimal amount of work that you could conceive of and still make money for the buy and buy and hold long-term strategy um and then i could you know i just you know if you want I can tell a story about how I sort of tripped over what what I like to call a financial black swan, um, where ah, uh, let's see here. I read a book. Uh, it was the Tony Robbins Make Money book yeah, I have it. that came out last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they uh, he suggested in there that you reallocate a big chunk, like forty percent or more, of your whole. Uh, allocation, asset allocation to long-term government stocks, right? Or long-term government bonds. Sorry, mm-hmm. look, completely opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that last year. Like, uh, I don't know, like probably just about a year ago, right? Um, yeah, it was almost like to the day of, uh, mm, let's see here, just a couple weeks ago. So just about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then the Brexit thing happens, right? And everybody in the market freaks out right at Brexit, right? And I'm looking at this. This It was one uh, extreme exchange-traded fund. It was EDV, which is the uh, long-term government bond thingy from uh, Vanguard, okay? And it had gone up crazy. It was like plus $50,000. And I'm like, man, I should sell that. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm never going to see that. I mean, the whole idea of buying that is that's not going to happen, right? You get that. It's just supposed to hold value. That's all it's supposed to do. Mm. <laughs> and it 
because of Brexit. And and then this other weird thing, the Fed kept saying that they were going to increase interest rates. Every time they came out and talked, they said, we're going to increase interest rates. And they never did. So c- people kept buying this thing. So I sold mine. <laughs> I took I took my gains and I was like, I'll get back. But that's that's one of those once in a lifetime opportunities that, you know, I'm going to cash in on. Yeah, that was a good call. That's that's one reason I've read many books. I've got Tony Robbins' um, Make Money book. It's sitting on my coffee table. I have not read it yet, partly because I'm mostly into audio, and I've been waiting to get the audio book. But, you know, just the whole investing thing is is the way it's always been presented to me and the way I've always seen it. And I've known day traders that literally showed me how they were making cash, like hand over fist, day trading but they were putting so much time into it and i just don't have yeah. that kind of time to put into it no you know no, i would never do that yeah but it, it's 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 a gam you know to me it was it always is gambling. gambling it is gambling because you just that could have gone the other way you're right you know oh, completely yeah. the other way you're right and well you're fortunate that it didn't well in a buy and hold situation you, you your take on the it went down is that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it's supposed right, to do. Of course. The, mar- the market mm-hmm. fluctuates. As long as you don't sell, it'll probably come back, is the theory anyway. And that usually pans out. Especially, and the other side of that is most of my bets are tiny, tiny bets, like, you know, um, two, three, four percent of the whole pie. Got it. It is one stock, you know, kind of thing. Okay. So this, this big piece of pie was basically the safety net you know long-term government bonds it's basically like they don't really pay anything they pay like a dollar dividend once a quarter so you know you get a little bit of dividend income but other than that they're about as boring as they get as far as investment goes so anyway yeah so, yeah, so anyway let's back up a little bit so sure we kind of got into a, in, into it a little bit but we really didn't get into exactly what is vroom vroom veer what is what well, is this all about Vroom Vroom Veer is like what we're talking about now. It's like the Vroom Vroom idea is when it's like it's like two uh, it's a metaphor for life, really. So Vroom Vroom means you're like uh, on fast forward in life. You know, you've made a decision and you're just sort of like going fast. You know, you're busy uh, and things are going well. Um, in a, in a bad way, you could say you're kind of sleepwalking through life, you know, and overall things may be good or bad, but you're just kind of like got your blinders on your head down and you're focused. Right. And then something happens and you have to change everything about your life. And that would, that would be a veer. So it's about slowing down so you don't crash as much, you know? Um, so when we talked about it with the branding folks, we called it what the, the, the kernel that started the conversation that led to Vroom Vroom Veer was um, I, I said what I really want. I was talking to Michael O'Neill in that class, right? And, um, and we were talking about my, what I was calling my midlife crisis, right? And he said, oh, you mean you got a divorce, you married a 20-something-year-old girl with fake boobs, and you got a sports car. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, no, 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 not that. Not that midlife crisis. I'm talking about my midlife crisis. You know, it was like I went to school and I did all these beers, you know, and I, you know, quit my job that paid six figures. And he's like, well, that was stupid. (laughs) 
I'm like, it kind of was, yeah, right? But I felt like I needed to do it anyway. And he's like, so when I told that story to the branding guys, they're like, oh, so you're sort of like midlife non-crisis. And I'm like, right, how to take the crisis out of midlife. That's what mm. Room from Beer is about, that, if that makes sense. That does make perfect sense, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm liking what I'm seeing over there on, on your site and, and what I've heard from your show so far. Yeah, yeah really it's cool. fun. It's just supposed to be conversations, less interview, you know, yeah. and uh, and getting real and authentic and uh, and talking about stuff people usually don't talk about on shows. Yeah, I dig it. I really like it. So you ready to pay it forward? I am ready to pay it forward. Let's pay it forward. Awesome. Let's do that. Men of Abundance, one thing I want to point out that you may have noticed amongst all of the guests that I've had on the show so far is all of them have some sort of daily habits that they follow, myself included. In fact, for the last five years, one of my daily habits that I have not missed is drinking a dense nutrition shake every single morning after my workout. I had never been a fan of any protein shakes or nutrition shakes or nutrition drinks or anything of that nature. I did get into smoothies at one time, but making smoothies, quite frankly, is very expensive and very messy in most cases. But about five years ago, my doctor told me that I had to do something about my cholesterol. Ironically enough, as it happens, divine intervention, call it what you want, I was introduced to this dense nutrition shake that completely turned my cholesterol around. On top of that, I had more energy, my esophageal reflux went away, my chronic joint pain wasn't nearly as bad, and I shed some weight, all within the first 28 days. I can talk all day long about what just 30 days of this dense nutrition shake will do for you. But until you try this stuff out yourself, you're going to continue to be as skeptical as I was. The cool thing is, is you can try Shakeology with absolutely no risk whatsoever. There's a bottom of the bag, 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. That means you can consume the entire 30-day bag. And if you don't see or feel the difference in your body, or you otherwise just are not completely satisfied, you can send the empty bag back and get all of your money back, no questions asked. And there are multiple different flavors you can try. Now my favorite flavor is the greenberry and the strawberry. My wife loves the vanilla and we both like the coffee latte. There's also chocolate and there's also a vegan chocolate and a vegan tropical strawberry. And there are even sample packs so you can try the various flavors. So to learn more about the benefits of Shakeology, go to menofabundance.com forward slash resources or just go to menofabundance.com click on the resources tab scroll down to the health and nutrition part and you're going to see the Shakeology tab click on that take a look and if you have any questions whatsoever get a hold of me I'll be happy to help all right let's get back to the show so my you had three action steps right yeah so give men of abundance can take today yeah absolutely give men of abundance one to three uh, steps that men of abundance oh, I've got, can take I've got today. three, but they're all short. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So number one is floss. Because regardless of what you believe, you're going to need to eat. And to, to eat, you need teeth. And to keep your teeth, you need healthy gums. So floss. Uh, number two is meditate. Uh, I don't do this as often as I, as I should. It's mostly walking and yoga for me. Um so, but meditation, if I was to say like tomorrow, win the lottery and get 20 million or 10 million or even 1 million, uh, I've already decided that I would make a charitable trust and, and dedicate it all to like some sort of like supporting mindfulness education. 
because I think it's probably the one thing we could all do more of, and it would make the world a better place. And then the last one is move. Uh, we're not trees, uh, and we're not planted in the ground, or we're not meant to be like sitting on couches watching uh, rectangles. <laughs> so uh, I've been doing yoga now for like two years, and uh, it used to hurt to get out of my car, you know, and I didn't think anything was wrong. And and since I've been doing yoga, uh, it's now I can like squat forever. <laughs> I can drive from here to Tucson and it doesn't really bother me anymore. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, yoga is amazing. And that's one of those things that I'm an insanity guy. And I used to be an insanity. Oh, wow. so I, I was teaching insanity uh, at Honolulu Club, as a matter of fact, uh, for a while. And I used to do a lot of free classes. And I love that type of intense workout. But once I broke it down and started doing a little bit of Pilates and, and yoga, Right. My endurance increased and my strength got better and I was and I just felt better. But it's right. just so slow for me. And I know there's different types of <laughs> yoga, so I have to I have to force myself to get into it. And once I get into it I'm good and I just feel so much better the next day and I'm like, Why don't I do this more often? Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. I think uh and I I I'd like to get your take on this, but like my yoga instructor and I talk about this quite a bit, is like there's Something's been perverted about the fitness movement, you know, uh, in that like things like uh, what do they call it? Like insanity and uh, what's, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? PX90 like or yeah. P90X. Mm -hmm. Those are all different ways to sell the idea of you being sexy, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, that can be a happy consequence. But when you make it the the number one goal, then I think it gets a little weirded out because you get this body that looks amazing, but you still might not be able to move without a whole lot of pain, right? right. So my idea is whatever your movement practice is, be that yoga, Pilates, whatever, make it up, you know, it should be, its goal should be for you to move in your body without pain. Yeah. You know, no, that's, a, <laughs> yeah. no, that's absolutely Not just a very look good point. Sexy. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. And here's and here's the answer to that. My answer, anyway. This is uh -huh. I've been sure. I've been partnered with with Beachbody, who's the maker of those all those programs, for goodness, like five years. Right. And they have everything from Tai Chang, which is uh, Doctor Chang doing Tai Chi. Uh, Tony Horton's really big. He's the make the the I've, trainer I've be him. behind P90X, mm -hmm. and he's really into yoga and Pilates and stuff and. And then you got Shanti with the insanity, and you've got um, Sagi Kalev with the body beast and bodybuilding, and you've got the whole Les Mills Pump uh, folks out there. They're all in there as well. And here's the thing. You see the infomercials and all that stuff, and they're selling look sexy, look hot, all this other kind of stuff. The thing that makes the real difference is, yeah, the movement and everything, but it's the meal plans that are associated with it and with any right. program, with anything. I don't care if it's CrossFit, whatever yeah, it right. is. Health and fitness is 80% uh, nutrition and about 20% movement. But here's when you get right. into the programs and you talk to people like Tony Horton and Sean T and you, and I've talked to these guys one-on-one -on -one, face to face and even Sean T will, or uh, Tony Horton will say, I don't get a 50 some odd year old guy trying to do something like body beast and build muscle and stuff 
when he was younger and he was in the getting into fitness and stuff like that, it was all about looking sexy, looking hot, getting the girls. Right. Now he's 57, 50, going on 58. Right. And now it's all about, I just want to freaking feel good. Right. That's you know? what it should be. That's right. why I yeah. eat well. That's why I yeah. move every single day. And he's been dubbed one of the healthiest men in in the United States, I don't know about the world, but he's been yeah. in several magazines. But he's he, when you have that one-on-one conversation with him, it's not about looking high. And that's where I've evolved because when I first started several years ago, for me, it was to improve my health. But then I right. got sucked into the whole let's all look good and let's all not be fat and all this kind of stuff. And it's not as much about body composition as it is just about feeling good and being able to – I got a six-year-old. I want to be able to run around with him. And, and right. God willing, I want to be able to run around with my grandkids. Yeah. You want to be able to live your life and not, you know, end up, you know, stuck in a bed. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you. Yeah. I work in a hospital. And right. you see 70-year-old people come in there all the time and you'll see some with walkers and you'll see some skipping. Right. Right. That's on you. It's it's your job. Yeah, to do and all that. you have to do yeah. is ask them what makes the difference between these two people. Well, this one was sedentary most of their life and didn't eat right. very well, and this right. one ate mostly healthy, like I do. I eat mostly healthy. I don't eat always right. healthy, but right. mostly healthy. And they moved. Yeah, they paddleboarded. They to, surfed. They yeah. Walked. What I like to say is like uh, instead of trying to come up with a a program or another book or another diet plan, just you know think about eating clean. You know. And right. and that can mean different things to different people, but mostly it just means don't eat things that come in bags or packages. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Absolutely. And right. you know, there's there's some changes. You know, there's there, there's some stuff out there that you know that that does well with that. But for the most part, that is a very basic rule to to live by. So speaking of that, what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? So uh, I think, and we can get into this forever because I've got so many good ones that I've stolen from all the podcasters, but I think the ones that I'm really sticking to, even though, you know, it, it kind of changes based on what I've got going on. But the number one for me is uh, good sleep, sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that is a whole, you know, topic on its own. But uh, I've gotten really good at it. You know, I've got my uh, my little routine, my go-to-bed routine, and uh, my little nightlight. And, you know, I, I commit to getting in, in darkness a certain number of hours before I want to go to sleep, you know. Uh, so I think that's huge for me. Um, and then the other one that I, that I really have committed to hard and heavy is from Tim Ferriss, and that was Nail Breakfast. So um, to me, it's like, Coffee, some sort of veggies, lots of eggs, and some sort of bacon. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost like every day. It's every weekday, yeah. you know. And now on the weekends, I mess around a little bit and have some bread and you know and cheat just because you can, you know. Um, maybe you can, maybe you can't. I just do, <laughs> you know, because uh, I miss bread, you know, mm-hmm. during the week. So, uh, but yeah, nailing breakfast I think is uh, is big. And then you know for lunch I. I try to stick to like salads and stuff. Trader Joe's makes some really great salads and they're only like four bucks a piece. They make great lunches. As yeah. awesome as Hawaii is, we do not have Trader Joe's out here. So uh, every time we get to Vegas, we stock up. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. So real quick, what um, book would you recommend to Men of Abundance based on some of what we talked about today? 
I I've just read three books that kind of continue to change my life. So uh, have you ever read 48 Laws of Power? I have not. By Robert Greene. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. Uh, it's a really good book. It's, it's kind it's kind of like, um, Machiavelli. Have you ever heard of him? No, he was no. like the, the end justifies the means like the, um, sort of like, um, how all those, uh, evil people on the game of Thrones are going about their business. Mm-hmm. And, and it would probably appropriately describe, uh, people in power even, uh, are on the planet today. It's like the rule book for being um, evil and in power. (laughs) But it makes the world, it just makes sense. You know, like, oh, you know, they're not telling the truth and they've got a hidden agenda. Oh, yeah, that's one of the power laws. Imagine that, really? Yeah. So they, you know, it's it's like, aha, every, every law, power law, has its own aha moments that are described throughout history. It's amazing. I'm going to reread it. It was so good. So that one is a must read for me. And then there's these two books. Um, one was called Fooled by Random- Randomness. And the other one was called Black Swan by Nicholas Taleb. Uh, those are really good books too. And that's kind of like more on those power laws. But this is kind of like the... The fallacy of the financial world, and uh, and why we have these meltdowns, blowups, and bailouts. Perfect. It's kind of like shortcutting those, but there's a lot in there, <laughs> and funny too. Okay, and I'll have those shows, or I'll have those books in the show notes of this show. So all you have to do is go to menofabundance.com and search Jeff, and that uh, the episode will pop up. So cool. As uh, as you know, because I sent you the show notes, uh, Men of Abundance at the end of our at our twelve y- twelve year twelve month anniversary, what revenue we do have, a portion of it will be going to various charities, and I always allow my guests to mention a charity that you resonate with and that you like to support, and we would be giving on your behalf. I like charity water. I love have charity ever- water. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so they help uh, folks that don't have clean water all around the world uh, get clean water. So they've got projects all over, you know, so you can yeah. check out more about charity water at charitywater.org. So, yeah, yeah I-, I like to give them guys money. So I got one more question for you before we close this up. Okay. And that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Jeff? Hmm. You know... I, I, I definitely believe abundance as a principle, right? When you look at the universe, it doesn't, you know, we can't even see it all. <laughs> you know, it's like there's more than enough everywhere and you don't need to have any sort of woo-woo. You can just go look at Neil deGrasse Tyson on YouTube, you know. He's not religious, not woo-woo at, at, at all, and he'll say that abundance is the universe. The universe is, is abundant. It's like there's more than enough everywhere for everybody. So anytime you see scarcity, there must be one of those power laws going on, right? Absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's just made up. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing is, is um, for me, and I don't know how, what, what your take is on this, is I always like to apply abundance to time. Um, and feel time abundant. And I know this has a downside because there's this whole other 
um, very popular notion of your life is on fire and you need to treat every moment as if it were like an expendable resource. And whenever I get that feeling in me, I don't feel abundant anymore and I feel rushed and hurried and, uh, and I don't do quality work anymore. So when I want to do quality work, I usually think I have all the time I need and, and time is ab- my time is abundant and I usually do better work. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it does make sense. It does make sense. And there's a lot of different thought processes on that, which we don't have time to get into right. on this show. But yeah, that's that's, that does make sense to me. And there's a, there's definitely a contrast to that. Right. Uh, and that's why there's always so many shows or so many people and they'll put a deadline. You're like, why do they put such a stringent <laughs> deadline on themselves? Right. They did that themselves. But there's a lot of reason behind that. Uh, yeah, That's for, for sure. people who don't get stuff done. And right. If you put a timeline on it, then you can get it. You will get it done. In, in that same timeline but will it be quality and that's what no. you're getting at right yeah that makes perfect sense so uh leave us with some parting piece of guidance and any way that we can get a hold of you okay so parting piece of guidance would be be gentle and nice to you you know um i think we always beat up we beat up ourselves more than we uh ever you know we judge ourselves more harshly than others Always. <laughs> right? Um, so if you think of it, be nice to yourself. And if you want to reach me, the, the easiest thing to do is remember triple V double E R dot com. It's V V V E E R dot com. That's my shortcut domain to vroom vroom dot com. So if you put that in, it's easy to remember triple V double E R dot com. And uh, there's my website. There's me grinning like an idiot. And, uh, and you can see all my shows and listen and uh, hang out. Perfect. Hey, and uh, Men of Abundance, I'm going to have all of that in the show notes. So don't worry about trying to write this down and jot it down and keep it to memory if you're driving or something like that. It'll all be in the show notes. So go check that out at menofabundance.com. And then in the search bar, you'll be able to just type Jeff and it will pop right up. All right, Jeff, man, what a great conversation. I had a lot of fun on this show, and I look forward to talking with you more and possibly having you back on the show at a later time to talk more about uh, the investments and everything else you have going on. Cool. Thanks, Wally. This was a blast. Awesome. Have a good day, man. Take it easy. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.